When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Barstoolers Premier League podcast. I'm your host, Connell. I'm back after my unfortunate absence last week, but the the lads did admirably in my absence. Uh, Joining me are my co-hosts, James, Ronan and Michael. And on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be reviewing the weekend's action, as always, previewing the upcoming weekend's action, as always. But we're going to have a section mid-podcast talking about who is the most streets won't forget Premier League player of all time. So I have to be honest, I'm quite looking forward to that conversation. We put out a question on the Instagram and the Twitter and got a very good response. I thought we were going to have to rely on maybe online articles or something like that to try and, you know, facilitate some sort of conversation, but we got absolutely lots, loads of responses. So there'll be no problem there. But if we're looking at last weekend's Premier League action, probably the best place to start is in the Merseyside Derby. It was, you know, the headline match going into the weekend and we need a post-mortem from the three Liverpool fans on the podcast. I heard you are quite angry, Michael. Oh, big time, yeah. It was dreadful. I, I'm surprised I'm able to do this podcast because I launched my laptop across the room when the game was done. Yeah, it was It was just so frustrating. They, we got picked apart in opening minutes with a lovely pass from Rodriguez and Richardson finished and then... Calvert-Lewin went through the back of Trent and got a penalty. I know Ronan thinks it's a penalty, but I don't know what can happen. And the ref went over to look at the monitor for all of half a second. And he's like, yeah, that's a penalty. It caused outrage in the footballing community. But at least we still have the Champions League, am I right? I heard you had a lovely Saturday evening, Ronan. Yeah, it was very nice. I turned it off after a Charleston goal because I was just (laughs) like, I can't do this today. The goal went in, I was like, no, this is... Not today. I just don't feel like it. Did watch the highlights. So we could actually talk about it on here. On the penalty, what was the referee supposed to do there? Because if Carver Lewin doesn't trip over Trent, he has an open goal. I was like, yeah, Trent's gone in for the block originally, but he still stopped a very clear goal scoring opportunity. If he'd given a red card or something, that would have been bullshit. But whether he's meant to take him out or not, he still took him out. So and he still yeah, stopped. What about, what about Fulham? What about Ariola during the week? Like. That was a load of bullshit. He should have been sent off as well, you know. Uh, no consistency. They're that. just all they're all crap. Yeah. I forget who no was it. Who was it going through and goal? Was it Bogle for Blades? And he got absolutely clattered like it was disgraceful. No, nothing. No VAR mention of anything. It's oh, it used to be when they go into the monitor, they'd over overturn the decision on the field. They'd be told to sort of do that. But now they're just the boys' club. They're all backing each other and hate every single one of them. They're, they're down. They're definitely down to headset. Like, oh sure, go over for go over for a laugh and then walk away straight away. It'd be funny. Go on, go on, go on. It's the it's the impractical jokers meme. <laughs> I just um, the, penalty. The, the penalty incident. I think it probably does look worse because 
Calvert-Lewin's, he's kind of already fallen before Trent even sticks out of foot. So it, it looks like it's absolutely not a penalty. I, I still haven't really made my mind up on that. I, I basically, if it was given against United, I, I wouldn't be happy. I'll put it like that. Look, I think, I can see why, I know why people are angry and that, but I just feel like it's, it's going to be 2-0 if that challenge isn't made. So I feel like, Trent feel doesn't like go high, and Allison gets the ball. No I feel like it's not, anyway. It's I feel like it's one. It's just like if it's if it's not given, Everton fans are going to be angry. If it is given, Liverpool fans are going to be fuming. It's it's not. It's just a tough position for the referee. I was like, do you really think Everton fans are angry if they don't get that though? Because I wouldn't be as Liverpool fan. Uh, they when, when they would be considering the first one all. Considering the first one all, they would well. be fuming. And I, I no, not n- n- no day am I annoyed that we don't get that decision, even if it's against City or something. Like he just ran into the back of his head, really. I uh, know I'm not having that one bit. Not one what, bit. what were your thoughts on Gary Neville's comments, and actually probably more so Jamie Carragher's comments about Liverpool at the moment, and you know, basically you know feeling sorry for them maybe a month ago or something like that with injuries, but being very confused as to why. Klopp isn't trying something different because clearly it's not working at the moment. Gary Neville said, try three at the back for a game. Or just play, like I said a few weeks ago on the podcast, or maybe it was last week, just play Davies and Kabak at the back or play Phillips and Kabak. Play Phillips because he heads everything. He doesn't miss. Just play your midfielders in midfield. Have Henderson in the midfield. I think we're much better with midfield with Henderson in there. We can command it a lot more. Um even him as a number six would break down and play a lot better than any of the three we had starting there. Um, look, Wayne Allen's done a decent enough job for it in there, but he's still not as good as Henderson or Fabinho. Obviously, Fabinho was injured. And I seen a tweet during the week saying that Liverpool fans need to be wary about portraying Jota coming back from injury as a saviour. Because everybody said, you know, they said Kabak coming in, he'd be the saviour. He said once Klopp... Um, got two centre halves. Um, everything will be okay again. Everybody said, "Oh, that was just about Thiago." Everybody said, "Thiago." Um, once Thiago came back into the side, Liverpool would start scoring goals again, and that, and now fans are vilifying him, which is me pretty much. Fair enough. Um, so it's like you have to be wary about these players coming in. There. You can't expect any one player to come in and change it. I think it does have to come back to Klopp at this stage. But right. speaking on Thiago, I actually unfortunately had to miss most of the second half, but. Does he need to be dropped? Like, I don't yeah. want to be that guy Shot, saying, maybe. oh, he's... Wow, okay. That's <laughs> no, right. I don't mean that. Um... <laughs> I don't know who we play. Like, now Henderson's injured, Fabinho's injured. It's Wijnaldum, Jones, Miller's also injured. Like, who are you going to play? Oxlade-Chamberlain? He's trash. He's played, he's like, bad, yeah. a few games. Like, he's going to Every time he comes on, energy, we can see it as well, Max. He's absolutely no end product. Yeah, it was like that with Leicester. Jones came off, he came on, we can see the three goals like straight away. He he can't really pass, like he can run. Anyone can just run around the pitch. I could run around the pitch. Yeah, our best midfield when fit at the minute is Jones, Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum, and I think we need Fabinho in the centre-back. I'm not buying this Ben Davies, Kabak shit. We're just going to concede a heap more goals if we stick Ben Davies in. He's not we're even st- a human. We're already conceding a fucking heap Yeah, so why, why, yeah <laughs> let's just concede more. Like, why not? Like, it's 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 lunacy. And we need to bring John into the side and have four men up top if we want to score more goals. But then that'll leave us light in midfield. So it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I have to say, Bobby... Has been weak sauce again. 
he frauded a few good performance Manny gets a pass because he's obviously world class he's just going through a moment but god Bobby just can't watch him Terrorism. starting as he? he's been going through he's been going through a moment all season long Manny <laughs> yeah actually that's something very off topic but I kind of want to bring it up what is with Gary Neville saying the word moment for like all the time now he keeps talking about how teams are in a bad moment that's like when a, a foreign manager you know basically gets the point across but it's not correct language like a moment is supposed to be like 90 seconds not two weeks <laughs> have you noticed that um, all, all i noticed is him popping champagne bottles on twitter that's why i said i said i think he's rubbing off of me uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you said it there, yeah yeah the only thing I noticed on commentary recently is when you're not listening to the stadium noise, you can just very clearly hear Martin Taylor breathing into the microphone. Yeah, very, no, very it's, annoying. It's, it's like it's he smoked bad. 98 cigarettes before a game and he's trying to catch his breath. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> just every now and then you just hear... <laughs> see that just one last thing from that game. Thoughts on uh, the, the Everton player? celebrations uh, you know i don't oh, want to be geez. the celebration police but uh you know oh it's bad like they they want nothing they want a game like imagine we did that when we beat if we beat sheffield at the weekend imagine roy Keane. see it's a bit like, different they, they, they just get clapped by fulham like yeah the, um, like, that's the level villa those were the level of celebrations that level villa had except times 10 when villa stayed up in the premier league these lads they won a derby they were going on as if they won the World Cup. Like, just catch grip. It's going to happen yeah. eventually. I know my cousin in Wales, he's a mad um, Everton fan. And he was disgraceful on his public Snapchat story um, <laughs> after that win. Yeah, I seen something apparently a Liverpool fan, or at least Everton camp think it was a Liverpool fan, uh, set off the hotel alarm at, I think, 2 o'clock in the morning, the, the night before the game. And uh, apparently Ben Godfrey particularly was very... Very upset by this and use it as fuel or something like that. I was reading hotel, yeah, the hotel, yeah, what, yeah, 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 they're in the hotel, yeah. I know it's only the game was in Liverpool, yeah, yeah, no, they're in a hotel. That's fucking stupid. I I think it's just maybe to have the the squad together on the night before the game or something like that. And yeah, probably avoid COVID tests as well, though, make sure the bubble is preserved because they don't want any breaks close to a game. That's what it is after the city game in particular. I know it was City's fault, but um, yeah. But uh, just moving on from that, then uh, I don't want to be this to be the podcast where we just criticise a load of teams, but we're going to go ahead and criticise another team because it's five losses in six for Spurs, and they went two 0 down against West Ham and seemed to have a spirited comeback after that. Pulled one back, Bale hit the crossbar with an unbelievable shot, but at the moment they're they're pretty pretty bad. And he's reading today, you know, Jose Mourinho was saying that his and his coach's methods are second to none. But uh, it seems a lot of the Spurs players disagree with that. They think the training methods are outdated. They're too defensive. It's too opposition focused. And the training sessions aren't intense enough. Uh, The attacking players are very upset. When it comes closer to a game, particularly a big game, they start to really fear the opponents because that's all they focus on, the opponents. They spend hours during the week of the Liverpool game uh, practicing defending throw-ins so and one dressing room source said that it's just two foot up to Kane and Son Jose Mourinho I, I personally think he'll probably go at the end of the season 
if he doesn't win the Europa League. I think when you're trying to be as defensive as Tottenham are trying to be, you actually have to have a good defensive line. Alderweireld's pass that I know he probably hasn't played in a while, but Danton Sanchez not convincing him. Like Serge Aurier and Doherty, they're not really the kind of defensive fullbacks that Mourinho has dreamed of. And Larissa's he's not a very good goalkeeper either. And then with them hitting the posts, last while it's been them products, so nearly as never in the world of football. I know hoofing it up to Kane and Son is a good plan, but sure any team can just defend a big hoof ball by playing a deeper line. They were very good at the start of the season. They had all this energy, and I don't know what brought Mourinho to playing this terrorism of football with try go one nil up and park everyone behind the ball like just miserable watching. Yeah, I was gonna say like early on the season there was a few times they um I think they beat Southampton six one earlier on the season and they beat someone else I think five five two I think early on as well. So like when they actually tried to play attack and football earlier on the season they were quite good. And even more recently against Sheffield, I know it's only Sheffield, but they did try to play a bit more attacking. And again, they scored three goals and they look good going forward. Um, I think that is a problem. It's just Mourinho probably is just too scared of the opponents. Um, and there's probably too much pressure on Mourinho to do well there. It's too much pressure on Mourinho to do well anywhere he goes, really. Um, and it was the whole thing during the week. You know, he said when he came in, he had the best squad in the world. Uh, well, not best squad. He had a really good squad there. And he spent $135 million since he got in. And now, and now he's saying that the players he have there has there aren't good enough. So he's clearly bullshitting as he normally does when he's under pressure. Any teams you've cited though that he's done well against there? Like the only one that you'd say is half decent was Southampton, but that game was even an outlier because literally like every ball that went through the saw and he put away. So they've never really created many chances in games. They've just been very clinical, obscenely clinical. And that was obviously going to slow down and Lucas Moore isn't going to provide that added goals. The, way, the style of play doesn't help. But I think the style of play definitely is outdated, but it, it, it help, doesn't like help you whatsoever if you're, all your centre-backs are absolutely shit. And they all are. They're all terrible. Uh, Roden just looks okay because he's got great tattoos and a great beard. That's just like, that's all he is. Um so it's just it's a disaster. That squad's just not very good. Doesn't fill you with much. But Doherty and Bale looks okay there on the right hand side when they linked up. Like once they actually went for it and attacked West Ham, like that was actually something quite promising. Um, I seen there that supposedly Mourinho's not keen on Doherty and that type of thing with Mourinho just drives me up the wall. Like you signed this guy, you signed this guy four months ago, and now you don't fancy him. It happened with Fred. People don't talk about how much people don't talk enough about how much Fred costs United. They talk about other players to bring up maybe Maguire's name, Pogba's name. Fred cost us the guts of fifty million. Like he was a very similar price to Bruno Fernandez. And it was Mourinho who brought him in. And as soon as he brought him in, didn't fancy him. Like like Mourinho is drives me up the wall with that type of thing, signing players and then making it seem like they're the ones who are bad. It's like, you spend all this money on them. Is there a um, shallow recruitment there, you think? You know. Um, well, obviously, there'd be a lot of people, but mm. at United, certainly, he had the final say. Spurs won't have a director of football, do they? True, but he had the final say, but do you think his uh, analysis is in-depth enough? Do you think he just kind of fancy? Because Doherty always played in the back five, like, and if he's playing the back four, like, that's very misleading. I-, I think he just signs players be like, yeah, he can probably do a job, because ultimately... It's like long term, will this player make sense? 
doesn't matter for Mourinho because he's not going to be there long term. That's the it's like Fred. Yeah, he he'll he give me another option. He knew he was going to be sacked. You know, six months later, um, and maybe I, th- I think basically with Spurs this season teams, I think they've just figured them out from that first few weeks. They're playing really high lines. Teams weren't really adjusting, and it's the same if you play a really high line against Spurs today. They're probably going to score goals against you, but it's just a very easy thing to say, right, we're just going to sit back a bit, play a bit more conservative because you've no real playmaker. Lamellas plays number 10 and he's he's not brilliant, is he? Indombele, to be fair, has looked better this season, but he's not he's nothing special. And I think with Mourinho, it's obviously, it's not an exaggeration to say, oh, Mourinho... Like it almost sounds like a cliche, but it's not an exaggeration to say they're just playing too defensive because Mourinho spends so much time focusing on the other team, backed up by that article I've cited in the Athletic. But I think the reason it doesn't really work so much now as it did in 2004 when he took over at Chelsea is that these Premier League clubs have loads of coaches, loads of analysts, data analysts. They know what the opposition's weakness is. So Mourinho's expertise, it's not quite what it was. Okay, and on a more positive note, like, like, sorry, again, West Ham, another good win, and we're just ignoring them. They're like four points behind United. They're above Liverpool, they're above Tottenham, they're above Arsenal. They're just... I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. a bit mad when next year's Champions League teams are Everton, West Ham, United, and... Oh, not City. Like, fucking City. Or yeah. Leicester, even. I, I can't, I don't even really want to spend that much time talking about West Ham because I don't know how they're good, right? They have a brilliant midfield, but other than that, very ordinary. Like Craig Dawson looks brilliant. Craig Dawson. Link's world, and we're all just living in it. Absolutely. Thomas oh, Suchek is, Thomas Suchek yeah. is just made of the hardest substance in the world. I don't know what it is. Sue Fallon, Cresswell, I think it's, we did say last week, they, they've been immense. Like Cresswell's attacking returns are second to none. Sufal does a job and he was five million pounds. Like that is people talk about Robertson being a steal. Like Sufal, was he twenty-five? Or is he like twenty-eight? Because I know I, like, I think they're twenty-five and twenty-eight, so check and so far. I think so check's younger, yeah. Yeah, so check's the younger one, he's twenty-five then. But still, like that's remarkable. And they they said in commentary, like, oh, they're older, cooler heads in the dressing. Well, they're not really, but I can understand why they are, because they're hardy, some people would call them. Um, yeah, so brilliant, brilliant midfield. I don't know. I think Everton's just going right for West Ham. But if they get, you know, a couple injuries like anyone's getting this season, they could really go downhill very fast. Like, I have to say that. If a Socek drops. Like, Antonio's not that good. He's just an absolute worker. And he just bags. Even this first goal, like, that goal he scored the other day, like, scrappy finish. Like, But you don't, you'll take it. They're, they're numbers. And that's what they need at the end of the day. And people keep saying they need a striker. Well, Antonio keeps this up. They really don't. We're seeing there that Astragugu are like 12th in that league, so they can't get them again. They're nemesis in Europe. But uh, is, someone put up, I think it was a tweet, what's your predicted top four? And I was absolutely shocked at the amount of people who had, had West Ham in their top four. I I would say probably a good 30% probably had, let, uh, had West Ham in their top four. And I'd say probably only about... 10% had Liverpool. Oh, I don't think uh, Liverpool finished top four. Not in the current form. Well, certainly not we in the current pick, form, but it's yeah, going to be the current serious. form, but there's still a lot of football reaction. Like, no one had Liverpool. 
Well, not that I don't think they will, but like it's there needs to be a big change um, in, in our form to get to top four. Obviously, we're so far off the pace at the minute. It's it's not inconceivable to think that we will finish outside the top four. Speaking of a team who very well could get top four, and again, probably another team we've disrespected massively on this podcast, Leicester. But I think the only reason we've really disrespected them and maybe talked down their chances of getting top four is that we've kind of seen it from the Leicester team. You look last year, they're in top four all season and ended up bottling it because they haven't really got that much squad depth. You might say a lot of the players don't really have the know-how. I'll see Jamie Vardy's been there and done that, but Harvey Barnes, James Madison, they haven't really been you know, seasoned Premier League veterans. Do you think Leicester will get top four? Because personally, I think they'll drop out. Um, I'm fairly confident they will get top four. They're very good and they look better than they did last season. And obviously, Barnes and Madison are a whole lot better than they were last year. They've had to contend with injuries as well. They haven't had Ndidi for most of the season. He's only come back the last month or so. They haven't had Sionchu for most of the season. They've had Fafana filling at the back there as well. And obviously they've got Didi's back now. Jamie Vardy wasn't out for that long. Um, I know Madison picked up a knock at the weekend, but I don't think that's anything too serious. And Ricardo Pereira's back now as well. I think they're better than they were last year. And certainly out of the teams that aren't United and City, they kind of look like the best of the rest. I think anyway. I don't think it's a stretch to say they're the best of the rest. Again, they're, they're leveling points with United after 26 games. And United have had an above-average season, I think it's fair to say. I predicted United to finish fourth, I, uh, but it, I wasn't even confident saying that. And Leicester, 26 games in, are neck and neck with us. So, like, fair play. I, it's just I'm always waiting for them to drop off. They've been very they, fortunate, though, haven't they? Like the likes of Fafana and stuff. Have been a revelation, Justin. They're just pulling out unbelievable defenders out of the academy from nowhere. Yeah, but again, that's fair play, you know, in terms that's of recruitment, amazing. youth development. They don't have a left back. They, they never replaced Chilwell. Yeah, not properly. They use who did they use our last week? I think Castagna, maybe. Yeah, I think Castagna played in the right. I think Ricardo and Castagna both played in the right last week. Uh, yeah. Well, it was James Th- Justin Thomas plays there sometimes. Was it Thomas played? He's a young fella. I think Thomas played at left back. Mm. And still have Christian yeah, Fuchs. He's, he's dead over the hill. Ball. Yeah. I think it's still too early to be having a set in stone top four. Like there's still a lot of football to be played. Anything can happen in the 13 games that are left. Like still, that's still a lot of football. Um, I think most seasons with 12 games left, you would kind of have an idea of the top four. It's just it's so close there, apart from City, really. It was like, like that, if Liverpool went off and won two or three games now, we're probably in top four or fifth even. Like that, Everton lost four out of their last five games before Liverpool, and now they're six, I think, and they're still up around there for top four. So it's just incredibly close this season, more so than most seasons before that. Yeah, with the title race, obviously, it's not going to be much of a race in the end. You know, we were all speaking about a month ago about how close it could be. Could Liverpool come back? Could United sustain it? It's over. City, City. City, City are going to win the league. But with top four, I genuinely don't think it'll be decided until the last few games. Because United should get top four, but it's far from secured. 
Uh, Leicester again are leveling points with United, so can't really disrespect them too much. Spurs could pick up form, Liverpool could pick up form, Everton are still there, thereabouts. West Ham, we're all expecting them to fall, but you never know. There's genuinely quite a few contenders for those second, third, and fourth spots. Sure, wasn't that long ago when we were talking about Southampton and potentially being in the top four? So and they've had a shocking run form there, bottom of the form table at the minute. You know, we talked about them last week, but it's really anything can happen. It's all all to play for. It's good to see Takumi Minamino scored again for Southampton the weekend when we cannot score anything. It's really nice that we let him go out on loan. He wouldn't score for us though. Klopp doesn't know how to manage him properly. Like he he always looked lightweight and shit anytime he played for Liverpool. Like being objective, like he looked bad. And as soon as he goes under Tuchel, or, uh, Tuchel sorry, Jesus. <laughs> as soon as he's gone under Hassel, who's worked on it before, he's looked miles better because he's the focal point. He's their best player alongside Ings. So, like, you know, he's not Liverpool's best player. I know he's not exactly. So, you, if you start him in a game, it's you know you're wanting him to do something. At the end of the day, he's he still is the weakest out of like the four other attackers ahead of him at Liverpool. Yeah, well, the way you're on about it, it's like have him playing up top by himself. Like, would you rather have Salah or Minamino? I know I'd rather have Mo Salah. Well, yeah, but no, th- that's not the point. Like in a front that three, that's exactly the point. You said sure, Hasenhut manages him better, and Klopp can't because he's his focal point. You're not going to have him as a focal point. Exactly. It's, I don't exactly. think that it's really a criticism. It's just uh, the I reality. Just think, I think yeah, James saying it's just the tools you have at your disposal, and he's worked on Hasenhut before. Like he is the focal point of Southampton. He'll never be the focal point of Liverpool. He'll always have better players around him that will shine better than him. Like the balls aren't are going out to Salah, they're not going into Minamino all the time. Like he did struggle a lot. Like he looked like a lost man in Liverpool, especially the title celebrations. Felt so sad for him. He was literally no one was talking. Yeah, he no was one celebrating by himself. Or just smiling around by himself. I just have here on the sort of last minute of the meeting in terms of talking about the the weekend's action. Arsenal's lost to City, but. Do we spend much time on that? Because it looked like City were going to dominate. They went one all up inside two minutes. They were well on top for 20 minutes. And then after probably about that 20-minute mark, maybe half-hour mark, just absolutely nothing happened in the game. It was just one nil City. We did enough bum-licking a pep last week, so I don't think we need yeah. to continue, continue we, this. We can move on. Okay. Right, so this is the section that I've actually very much been looking forward to. We put out a feeler on the Instagram and Twitter to talk about who our listeners think the most streets won't forget player in Premier League history. Now, we might have a bit of recency bias. You know, we're not going to be plucking out a lot of names from the 90s Premier League and stuff. But I'm just going to go through some of the listeners' responses. So our good friend Adzi over on Twitter, he gave us a shout that I think you'll quite enjoy, uh, Ronan. Maxi Rodriguez, I know you were a big fan of him back in the day. In, um, Best footballer in the world. Liverpool's, Liverpool's bantery years. Um, the man only scored hat-tricks for Liverpool. Um, I think he only scored like three, but it seemed like he scored a hat-trick every That's time he actually played. Uh, yeah, considering he never actually played, um, it is a lot. I think he scored two hat-tricks against Fulham. And he scored one against Birmingham as well. Um, those were the Hudson and Dalglish years. I can't really remember yeah, watching him as a Liverpool fan. I remember more banging goals against Mexico in the World Cup back in the day. scored one of the last goals of the Hudson era, if I'm not mistaken. I think we were bottom. I think it was like Halloween that season, Halloween day. And we were bot- we were we were in the bottom three or something. 
and he scored the last minute against Bolton or something to lift us out of the relegation zone. I just kind of <laughs> loved him since then. Yeah, I always liked Maxi Rodriguez. Um, I, I think that I was nearly a really good shout. I think I nearly got him on the back of my jersey. Uh, That'd be class, yeah. yeah. He, he, he always wore the long sleeve. Yeah, bit, yeah. Bit, yeah. I think big, I, big, big fan of that. Yeah, I think I used to have a long sleeve jersey, and that's why I was thinking again. But I didn't. I ended up not doing it. Yeah, um, you man. yeah great player. We have another shout from our good friend Dara. He's part of the 1894 podcast, which is a Man City podcast. Would you believe they do have fans? I'm always going to make that joke. Uh, but make sure to listen to that. They're on YouTube and stream platforms. But he actually gave a great shout, one I hadn't thought of in quite a long time. Do you remember Alano? Yes. Yeah, it's sort of like 08-09 season, like a Brazilian midfielder. He, he was a victim of the Saudi takeover because he was he was really good for them and just got thrown out because of the likes of Robinho and Tevez and the boys. I thought that was a fantastic shout. Alan was great. Never heard that name before in my he's life. Really scored, very he scored a few. Yeah. Scored a few long range bangers if I'm not wrong back in the day. Mm. That reminds um, me of another one that nobody said. This is maybe one of my suggestions. Giovanni. Hull. Hull, yeah. Yeah, but Hull, he was a good yeah. match tack to have back in the day. Other, Star player. Also former Manchester City. Great player. Uh, but we had Kieran Crow get in touch with us on Instagram. He gave us a couple of interesting shouts. First one is Titus Bramble. Uh, in terms of uh, streets, won't we'll forget. I think he's I, just a, an, an absolute Barclays player. If you yeah, had a was... Barclays 11, he'd probably get in it. But the streets, won't we'll forget, is it's just... Yeah. Oh. I was thinking I was thinking of him the other day, and I can't remember why. We came up against someone who based their player off Titus Bramble. Oh, yeah, on and pro clubs. clubs. Yeah, but they had him play left back, I think. Can, can a centre-back be streets? Can't, won't forget. I mean, a if lot he was doing the, rainbow flicks and stuff, then yeah, but I think he was just Barclays. When I see Barclays. Every now and then you see people do like these streets won't forget threads on Twitter, and a lot of people say Bree the Hangeland, and I'm like, I'm not having that either. Like, he's not, he's, he was just a centre half. He wasn't. I yeah, yeah, no, see yeah, that. I, I completely agree. I went through a couple of lists prior to this, and Hangeland was one of them. No. If we were have like, a, I know there was, they did this on Twitter before, I can't remember. Uh, what the original tweet was but it was like uh, Barclays 11 like Hangeland and Titus Bramble would probably get in it pretty, pretty solid yeah. back pair yeah there are players that have been in the Premier League for quite a while that were just sort of there if it was ever going to be a centre half that was Streets won't forget I would have to say Maynard Figueroa because remember he scored that goal mm. for his own half yeah um, but yep. even that it's not really he was just kind of Barclays back in the day talking about Wigan players actually Hugo Rodiega I don't think he was mentioned Oh, yeah, good shit. He's still shit. about, he's playing in Turkey. He's got a 75 rated card on FIFA. He's still a goal player. That's yeah, amazing. We had uh, another shout from Kieran Crow. I, I, I prefer this one, one I hadn't thought of. Morton Gamst Pedersen. I was thinking about him earlier on. Like, he just only scored screamers. Yeah. Uh, me and James would have actually seen him score at the Aviva. We were, we were both at a, a Norway friendly back in 2010. He scored a free kick. I remember one of my phone memories. I mean, he scored a Wigan. I think it was at the time he scored. They scored from a corner kick, but he took the corner kick. We were like tapping it to the player that was there, right in front of him, as like a short corner, and the other player didn't touch it. And he crossed it in and went straight in or something like that, and the goal counted. I remember, there was loads of controversy over that. Well, th- that's quite quite Barclays, isn't it? You know, something like that. Yeah. But another fantastic shout by Kieran Crow. I have to say, I can't comment on the man too much because. He was kind of a, a 
these uh, more so around before we were, but Lomana Lawalawa. Can you say you know anything about the man? I've heard the name because it is a great name, but I think that was I only really started watching Premier League in a way oh nine. That was the first sort of year I watched it. So he, he's quite a Premier League years player. I looked up his career. He's with Newcastle in the early two thousand before going to Portsmouth. And uh, not to be confused with the modern day Lualua, who I still think plays for Luton. That's his brother. But also, Laman Lualua is Yannick Balassi's cousin. So, no, I mean, streets, streets won't forget. Him. Yeah, that runs in that family. We had David Murphy from Two Men, the podcast. He gives a couple more obvious shouts. Adil Tarat and Hatem Benarfa. I think it's, it's difficult to disagree with them. They're kind of the poster boys of the streets not forgetting a football. Yeah, but I feel like Tarat was more of a championship streets don't forget, not like a Premier League streets don't forget because he had that flair when they got promoted and then he just did nothing. He just got fat when he was in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Uh, he also gave us Nani, who I think is... Oof, I don't think so. Nani I think he's just grand. too good. He was just yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, I think he was just bit, he was a bit too good. If he played for a Fulham or something, he'd definitely be in there, but did, he, he was just too good. Did anybody say the, the Newcastle strikers, Bar and CC? No, but Cissé was one of mine. I think Cissé, yeah. Cissé is my one, just because yeah. that season they nearly got Champions League football, and then he just kind of disappeared. Like he's For everyone, the- everyone remembered the goal he scored against Chelsea, just outrageous. Actually, he retired this week. Could you say Johan Kabay as well? Like Newcastle had a lot of streets. Don't forget players because yeah. Kabay was. Brilliant for Newcastle, mm-hmm. and he went to Palace, but he didn't really do much at Palace. Was okay. I think it's was he too good to be streets? Won't forget. I think Benarfa is another Newcastle boy that they had. Yeah, and he he somehow managed. He had a grand season with Nice one year, and then he got a move to PSG, and he did nothing. Yeah. He still loved uh, just prowling around the French leagues, just taking random men back to the Tyneside. Like it's very weird recruitment. Uh, and David Murphy's last shout was a one I, I was quite a big fan of. Do you remember Royston Drenthe when he was on that one season with Everton on loan from Real Madrid? Yes. Yeah, he wasn't very good, but uh, I, I appreciate the shout nonetheless. I think the streets have very much forgotten about him, though. Right, we had Stephen get in touch with us on Twitter. He said Lee Trundle, uh, not a Premier League footballer. Uh, but I respect the sentiment <laughs> nonetheless um, we had Sam uh, or Sam underscore Sammy underscore SP he got in touch with us on Twitter and he gives a great shout Amir Zaki oh yeah unbelievable Wigan, Wigan boy back in the day he also said yeah. Michu I think Michu I don't think he really fits the criteria he wasn't saucy uh, enough Oh, I think he is the ultimate. Pinnacle. He, he is, is the ultimate. He's the number one, I think. People talk about Ooh. what you can buy in currencies of Michu. <laughs> I, like remember, I remember Ronaldo would cost this many Michus. Michus. Like it's that if that's not streets, don't forget, then I don't know what is. He is the king. Right. king I remember of the when Neymar went remember when Neymar went for to PSG for 220 million. Um, I think it was Sunday League Hipster put for you. It was like you could do like an entire League of Ireland of just Michus. For that money yeah absolutely and his uh, celebration was so good he used to celebrate and he'd he'd twist his hand and his hair would just flow in the wind it was just fantastic peak one season wonder so cheers sam for getting in touch with us there and the last shout from one of our listeners is my brother my brother phil he said stephen carr now he's very barclays and um, but i think he he thinks he's streets just because 
he was a right back or midfielder who would just score outrageous goals every so often. So, I mean, he gets some points with the streets, I think, but a white, bald man from Dublin, I don't think so. Okay, so <clears throat> thanks for all of our listeners for getting in touch there. But I'm going to put forward my decision for the most streets won't forget player. And it's not one that's been mentioned so far. Okay, this is a man who's very close to my heart back in, you know, sort of what, 2010, 2011. Sunderland striker, he wore number three as of always, Jan. Oh, he, he's shape, my yeah. most streets won't forget player. Yeah, that's a good shout. I'd probably go for me too myself, but just to kind of go against the grain a wee bit, maybe probably Rocky Santa Cruz up there for a few seasons at Blackburn. He was unreal. Obviously went to City and was kind of a City signed a lot of players um like the early two thousand tens that just didn't turn out as good like they had. Um I was gonna say Adam Johnson there, don't leave that in. Um leave <laughs> well, it Rocky it. Santa Cruz. Um straight don't forget him because he's a criminal. <laughs> Yeah, obviously City signed a lot of those players in the early 2010s that didn't end up being as good as they were at clubs like Blackburn. I think he's I think he's a good shout. Uh, I'm going to go with Mitra as my streets, don't forget one, but an honourable mention, another one we haven't mentioned, was Raul Morelage, uh, sort of in the Bantry era. He scored some good goals for Liverpool and then he went to Chelsea, won the Champions League. I don't know if he sort of fits the same criteria, but... He's definitely in and around the same conversation, but me yeah. too is the GOAT streets don't forget player for me. And for you, James? I'd be inclined to go with the grain and go me true, me true, <laughs> me true too. But um, I'm going to go Remy Cabela because he added us on PlayStation. <laughs> Absolutely. <legend. laughs> Another one of the, the French Newcastle ballers. So um, The streets yeah. forgot about him a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, we don't. He's still up I on think... the timeline, you know? I think Paye deserves to be in there. Like he's he only had oh, 18, yeah. 18 months good, in the Premier League. He was too good that season. He was <sighs> he was having the crack. He was having Rabona crosses. He scored every single free kick he got. He's Uber eats like he's he's eating. It's all not all the streets forget is like players are only good for like a short time and then they kind of die off. Like Paye, I think he, he after was genuinely West Ham, talented. Uh, I suppose yeah. You know, I don't know. These one for you are just absolute bin men who have like one good season. I suppose, I suppose he fits the criteria of being great for a small amount of time, but ultimately wasting his potential and putting on lots of weight. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we don't have an unde- undisputed king of the streets, but... Um, we might have to put this to a, a, vote, a vote on Twitter. To yeah. Your the mother is the king, queen of the streets. <laughs> There's three other people here. That could be directed at any one of us. <laughs> yeah, dead right. <laughs> Yeah, so ha. actually, yeah, we're going to put the four of them. I don't think Remy Cabello will win, who knows? But we're going to put the four of them to vote uh, across our Twitter and Instagram. But uh, a good conversation. So if we're going on to the Predictors League now, of course, we predict five Premier League matches every episode of the podcast, and the winner will get a jersey, courtesy of the other three. Classic football shirts respond to our emails. We're going to get that sponsorship. Okay, so if we're looking at the league table, obviously it wasn't there last week. But um, it was not a good points scoring week again. Uh, Mixer, you got one point. James, you got one point. Ronan got the most again with three. Uh, and I got two. So it means that Ronan is back. still bottom. Still bottom with 53. <laughs> Mixer is on 57. James is on 59. And I'm just ahead on 60. 
But if we're looking at the games this weekend, a decent start to proceedings. Leeds at home to Villa. I find this one a difficult one to call because Leeds are... They've got very unlucky against Wolves, to be fair. But in terms of results, they're of, they're just a little bit toothless at the moment. And then if you look at Villa, I don't know if Grealish is going to be back. I don't know if Matty Cash is going to be back. And just whatever substitutes they have to replace those players, they're like Matty Cash and particularly Grealish are just irreplaceable. Um, so I'm going to sit in the fence a wee bit. 1-1. One, one. I was going to say 1-1. One, one. So I'm a bit annoyed with that. Um, so I'm going to have to go for 2 all Because again, if... If Grealish is fit, I kind of feel like Villa win this one easily enough. Um, but if he's not, um, neither if Villa were. I know they only lost by one against Leicester the weekend, but they were not very good. I didn't think. Um, so yeah, probably a draw. Right, I'm gonna go for a three-one Leeds win here. Um, Leeds are gonna be back at it this game. Melia needs to atone for his sins, although I thought he was very lucky in the last game to score that one goal. Um, no Grealish's telltale sign. Ollie Watkins just isn't going to get the service this week. So yeah, three one. This is completely unrelated to the score of the game, but Villa having their lads banned off fancy football because Twitter accounts were following the players' um, fancy football league, and they saw that a few of them of the coaching staff had removed Grealish, and the injury wasn't made public. So the Villa staff and players are banned from playing fancy football for releasing team news. But anyways, I'm also going to agree with the same scoreline as James, 3-1. Uh, yeah, t- just think Leeds, they probably are in need of a win here and they are definitely capable of scoring a few goals. The next game is not quite as good. We've got West Brom against Brighton. Have it purely because it's a bit of a relegation scrap. Um, if you look at Brighton in the the derby, the derby, doing air quotes there for our listeners, um, they got unbelievably unlucky. They had 25 shots to three uh, against Palace and ended up losing 2-1. Um, so I think ultimately they're going to get some some good luck uh, as opposed to their bad luck in their last game. So I'm going to go with a 1-0 away win to Brighton. Uh, I'm going... To go for one all because West Ham or West Ham West Brom aren't very um, Sam Allardyce. Uh, he doesn't play exactly very nice football. He'll probably try to grind out a win, obviously. Um, but I just think Brighton are. I, I say it's most weeks. I think they play good football, but they just don't really have the quality there. Um, so I still th- I. One all. I just don't really see either team running away with this. I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Brom this game. I felt like West Brom were a bit unjustly done. Um, last game, obviously, got set it off. And I'm sorry, they didn't break well to, to keep it at a draw. Um, I think we're going to see a bit more from them this game because, you know, like you say, Brighton just aren't clinical enough. Be it Connolly, Welbeck or Mopai, they just don't have the striker up top and Let's get Sam up. Let's get him staying up. Yeah, I'm not really expecting too much out of this one. Obviously, Brighton were very unlucky to lose in the way they did against Palace. They definitely should have won, considering how dominant they were. So I I think they'll, they'll come out with the win in this one, but it's not going to be a good game. 1-0 Palace. 1-0 uh, Brighton. 
Yeah, jeez, that's right. 1-0 Brighton. <laughs> right. Next game is very much a good one. Leicester at home to Arsenal. I find this one quite a difficult one to call, but considering, again, I keep using this word, the disrespect that Leicester have gotten on this podcast, the lack of recognition, I'm just going to go with a 2-1 Leicester win. I just think Arsenal probably have some quality between Aubameyang and Saka and the boys to, to get a goal. But I think Leicester are going to keep their remarkable form up. 2-1 Leicester. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about this one. I just Leicester, think Leicester are going to win 3-1 because they're good and Arsenal aren't great. 2-0 Arsenal. Let's go against the grain here. Uh, Tierney's back. He had a really tough game against City. Expected big things out of him. Let's get uh, Leicester exposed. They'll go on the descendancy now and we'll, we'll change the narrative around. But I still don't think Arsenal are finishing near top four this season. But we'll, that fancy football bias is coming in here. And let's just get something for the R. So 2 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going to go with 2 1 Leicester on this one. Can't really see them losing. They're in great form. Arsenal are. Again, as we've said many, many times, quite hopeless. So I don't see this ending any other way than an Arsenal L. And moving on to the next game on the Sunday. It's another very good game. Chelsea at home to United. And as a United fan, I'm not very confident going into this one. Um, we won at Stamford Bridge last season, but I think that was our first win at Stamford Bridge in, I think, eight years or seven years or something like that. We never do well at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have definitely improved under Tuchel so far. Uh, 1-1 draw at Southampton in their form wasn't fantastic, but but other than that, it's been pretty much perfect so far. Uh, we're playing in the Europa League on the Thursday, so we'll have a bit less rest, uh, even if we are in a position to you know, rest some players considering United won the first leg 4-0. Um, so, yeah, 1-0 Chelsea. I hope not, but 1-0 Chelsea for me. Uh, I'm going to go for what all I think it's going to be a very boring game. I'm going to go for a 2 all Again, fantasy football bias coming in here. I need like a good four goals in this game. Hopefully a burn or brace, you know, get United panicking. Then Bruno Rashi combine again, which fair can't ask them to combine much more because they've been absolutely great, and especially the last game. So, yeah, 2 all let's just go for the points being shared. It's definitely going to be a good test for Tuchel in his early days in Chelsea, but I don't think he'll win this one. Uh, I think it's, I'm going to agree with James again, going that'll be a two-all draw on this one, but it has the potential to be a very good game. And going into the last game that we're going to predict, Everton at home to Southampton. Everton have their tails up after beating Liverpool. Southampton are in pretty miserable form. They've got some... Uh, Quite quite a few bad injuries, so I'm going to go with two nil Everton. Plain and simple. Yeah, I'm going for two one. I think um, obviously Ings and Minamino still play, but uh, Everton just they'll be they'll be wanting to build on that result against Liverpool. Um, obviously they had pretty I've mentioned already in the podcast they had pretty poor form up until that result, so they'll be looking to build on it, especially to try and maintain chance for European places. So two one Everton. I too am gonna to go for a two nil Everton win. Don't have too much to say about this. Uh this is a game where Southampton can get back on that horse. One nil to the Saints. Yeah, so pretty good weekend of Premier League matches to look forward to. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this clip on YouTube, liking and subscribing is always appreciated. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, we'd appreciate following us. Give us a star rating, five-star rating, whatever you can do on that platform. So once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and we'll be back next week. Podcast Network.